Well, today, I, I mentioned last week, we're going to start a new series today. And uh, the name of the series is First Comes Love. Every year, I preach on marriage and family. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to preach on marriage first, and then we're going to preach on family in fact, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about different things concerning marriage, concerning raising kids. I mean, you know, school starting soon at the close of service today. We're going to pray for our kids who are going back to school. Teachers are already back. And so we're just going to pray that, um, you know, God watches over them. It's going to be a great school year. So as we're getting ready to go into what we call the fall, which is the other hot season in Florida... You know, we just go from hot, hot to just hot. And so uh, as we get ready to go to the fall, I know schedules uh, changing and, and kids are back at school and different things. So it's a great time for us to talk about the family. But really before we talk about the family, we have to talk about marriage. Because listen, we could do everything that we know to do for our kids, but if it's not working with mom and dad, how many know it's not working? I'll say that again. If it's not working with mom and dad, it's not working. And so let's, let's talk about marriage today. We're going to talk about really kind of creating order in the house. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 127 because there's a few scriptures we're going to highlight over the, over the, the next few weeks. But today we're just going to look at really the first one in Psalms 127. And it says this in verse number one, unless the Lord builds the house. They labor in vain who build it. Think about that. Unless the Lord builds the house, if it's not God who is leading and guiding and directing the course of your family, if it's not God who's building, you can seemingly do everything right, but if it is not on the right foundation. In other words, if God is not in the mix... Uh, if you're not building upon godly principles, you know, it can look like you have everything together. And let me tell you, we live in, in neighborhoods and in gated communities, and we live out here in the western communities or western Lake Worth, wherever you live. And it looks like a lot of these houses have it all together. But do you not know, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors and behind those gates where there is problems and struggles, and seemingly they have everything together. The big house and the big car, but, but inside the, those four walls, there is chaos and there is stress and there is strife because God is not building that house. And it says this, unless the Lord builds a house, you labor in vain who build it. So let's talk about God leading, God directing, God organizing our house. And let's start with this morning talking about how to get the house in order. How to get the house in order. Because the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It says, God is not a God of disorder. He just doesn't do disorder. He doesn't do chaos. He doesn't do mix-up. In other words, God is very serious about this word. And it is a word called order. And he wants order in your home. He wants proper alignment in your home. And so if things are out of order, they're just not working. And I see many people today, uh, and I have friends and I have family members, and I see that their house is out of order. And so let's talk about, before we ever get to any other aspect of the home or family or kids, let's talk about 
how to get our house in proper alignment, how to get our house in order. Because Mark says this, Mark says if there's division, huh, the house can't stand. A house that is divided, it can't stand. And so we need to talk about how to get our house in order. So I want to give you the proper order. Listen to me. There's going to be lots of points today and lots of things for you to write down. The proper order and the correct priorities that, it should, that should happen in your home. And number one, it should be God first. God first, above all else. We prioritize our time with God. God's house is a priority. That's more important than sports, more important than even academics, more important than anything else. We put God first in the home. We make God's house a priority. I jokingly say that I grew up in a home where we never missed church. We never missed church. We went to church Sunday morning. We went to church Sunday night. We went to church Wednesday night. If there was a special event, we were there. The only time I could miss church, if I was sick, and to prove that I was sick, I'd have to throw up. And then once I threw up, my dad would say, you're feeling better now? Get on, get dressed, and let's go to church. So we never missed church. It was never the discussion around the kitchen table in the morning on Sundays. Did I ever hear my parents say, hey, are we going to church today? That was never a discussion. I never heard them discuss, debate, or even question whether or not they're going to church. They just, we just went. My kids grew up in church. My kids never asked, are we going to church today? In fact, the few times where we have been on vacation or we miss church, they find it odd. What are we doing today? Why, how come we're not in church? Listen, I went to church as a kid on vacation. My dad would, would make me get a little suit. I had a little blue suit that I had to bring with me to the beach and on Sunday mornings, we'd leave the pool and we'd leave the beach and we would be in church on Sunday morning. He'd find a church in the area. That's just what we did and what we grew up in. I grew up loving God's house. We put God's, God first in everything. God has to be first. And what I see is people who have who've gotten their priorities mixed up. And I've heard people make this statement. And every time I hear this statement, it sounds good in theory. But think about it for just a minute because I cringe when I hear it. I have heard people say over and over, I live for my kids. And I cringe when I hear that. Because if I hear that statement, what that literally means is there is a house that is out of order. We do not live for our kids. I don't care, even if you're a single parent here today, you do not live for your kids. You live for God. Amen? And then the kids come down on the list. They are not above God. So if you're busy just toting your kids around to every activity or if you live for them, if everything you do revolves around them, then your house is out of order. Listen, if you put your kids first, when they leave at 18, 21, 35, whenever it is that they leave, they're going to leave by the grace of God. They're going to, to leave. And if you put your kids first, and if your marriage and your family revolves all around your kids, what you're going to find is when they leave, you're going to end up staring and looking and sleeping with a stranger, a person that you don't know anymore. 
Who is my spouse? Who is my husband? Who is my wife? After all, the kids are gone. We did everything for the kids. We revol- our whole house revolved around the kids. How I many you know we have to start with God first? Amen? God first. And the reason God has to be first is because it's God who teaches me how to love my wife. In fact, my love for my wife flows from my relationship with God. If it's not working, listen to me, if it's not working vertically, how many of you know it's not going to work horizontally? Do you see what I'm saying? God is the one who teaches me how to love my wife, and God is the teach, one who teaches me really how to love my kids. So the priority of my life has got to be God first. And then the second on the list is our spouse. Our spouse comes before our kids. Our spouse and the needs of our spouse come before our kids. For some people, that's easier than others. Some people have a very difficult time with that. I've counseled people. I actually sat in an office and I, I counseled somebody and they were married and it was, a, it was a, a, not a second marriage, actually like a, I think a third marriage and they had grown children and they were, they were married and, and she just flat out told me, just point blank, she said, I will never love my husband as much as I love my kids. I'll never do it. And what she was mixed up on is it was a different kind of love. I mean, you know, it's just different. I would give my life for my kids, and most of you, all of you, I would hope would, right? But I love my spouse in a different way than I love my kids. It's not that I have to take, listen, I don't take love away from my husband to give to my kids, and I don't take love away from my kids to give to my husband. God expands my heart when you have kids. If you've had more than one kid, you didn't go, Okay, now that I have another kid, I'm going to have to take a little love from you to give it to this one. No. God expands your heart. That's why God has a big heart, because he has lots of kids, right? So God just So the spouse is your second priority. Amen? Your spouse is your second priority. And then third on the list, here they come. The kids, they finally show up. Now, if you're a single parent, of course, they're, they're number two below God. They're number two below God. But the kids finally show up. And I've seen people, and, and we're going to talk about how do we know that we have this in the right spot. Because we're not just creating a list today to create a list. We're going to talk about how do we know that this list is accurate in our life. But it has to be God and then our spouse, and then eventually our kids show up. And here they are. Hallelujah. And they're a priority in our life. They're a priority in our life. And then the fourth thing on the list, watch this, is ministry. It's ministry. It's the calling of God on your life. You say, well, pastor, I thought that would be your job. No, your job is just a a vehicle for you to do ministry, to provide resources for your family and for you to do ministry. The the calling of God on your life is more important than the job, right? And then the fifth thing on the list is your friends. Now, I know you may argue five and six, and you could argue five and six. I'll show you what six is. But your friends are are down there. They don't come before your spouse. They don't come before your kids. They don't come before ministry. I make this statement every time I teach on marriage. Every year I've made this statement. I love this statement. And it's this. If you are married... You are not single anymore. You'd be surprised how many people don't get that. Come on now. 
You'd be surprised how many people haven't figured that out yet. If you are married, guess what? You are not single anymore, right? And then number six is your job or your career. Now you say, Pastor, shouldn't your job be higher? Because after all, you spend a lot of time on the job. And it's true, we spend a lot of hours on our job. But your job is a vehicle and a means by which you get finances to support your family. And ultimately, it is a platform for you to do ministry. Right? Nobody on their deathbed ever says, I wish I would have spent more time at the office. Nobody says that. Right? And so your job is down the list. So the, the people who are putting, and often this is men, we put our jobs and our careers way too high on our priority list. Way too high. Way too high. I heard a story of a guy who, man, he had a job, he had a career, and he was just going for it. And he was putting in the extra hours, and, and he was working the overtime, and he was working weekends, and he was taking time away from his kids and his wife for this company. And he worked for this large company, and he was just doing everything he could to just, just climb that corporate ladder. And tragically, he passed away. Just tragically, he passed away. Do you know that within 24 hours, that company replaced him? Within 24 hours, they took his name off the door. Within 24 hours, they had cleared out his desk. And within 24 hours, they found a new employee to, to replace him. And they just went on. You see what I'm saying? They just went on as if he never existed. Sent some flowers, some condolences to the wife. And that company just went on. And here he is. He had spent so many hours and so much overtime and so much time away from his family for that company. And that company went on without him. Listen, don't live for your job. Don't live for your career. It's a means, and if you can do ministry, and hopefully you can, hopefully God provides you a platform to do ministry. There's a place for you to raise your voice. You get a chance to minister. You get a chance to do something with your job, and if that's you, great. That's awesome. That's ministry. But don't live for the job job. Come on now, amen? So that's our priority list. Listen, and when Cynthia and I, I told you I was going to share the testimony of our marriage, we had a terrible marriage. I tell everybody we've been married 23 years now. It's 24 years now. We just celebrated our 24th anniversary, or it's coming up. I'm sorry. Scratch that, rewind it. We're about to celebrate our 24th. I know I hear the ooze. Right, we're about to celebrate our 24th anniversary, Right? 24, and I tell everybody it's been the 16 happiest years of my life. But the first seven, we almost killed each other. We did. We had a terrible marriage. I did not know how to be a husband. I had no idea. I was clueless. I was selfish. Listen, when you look at that priority list, and you had God, and then your spouse, and then your kids, let me tell you what was number one on my list was my friends. I had friends. Believe it or not, I had some, Right? And my friends, I just thought it was just way too important. What they thought, huh? What, 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 what I wanted to do with them, I'd go over their house and just spend hours. And as our marriage began to deteriorate, I spent more time over their house. I never wanted to go home. I would stay at the, at the church. I was pastoring a church. And God wasn't even number one on my list. Here I am pastoring a church, and God wasn't even number one. If God had been number one, then everything else would have begun to line up. But God wasn't number one. My friends were more important. And then you know what was number two? Football. 
I had a t-shirt when Cynthia and I were, was dating. I had a t-shirt that said this on the front. It said, my girlfriend or gator football. It said that right on the front. And on the back of it, it said, what time's the game? Come on now. And I love that shirt. I had that shirt for years. When I grew out of it, I just cut the sleeves and the sides off, and I kept wearing it. I couldn't give that shirt up. In fact, I kept, after we got married, I kept that shirt in my drawer. I just couldn't get rid of it. I love that shirt. But that was my life. I mean, when the Gators were playing, I was in front of that TV. And if Cynthia needed something, forget it. You should have asked before the game started, sister. It's over now. And I'm telling you, I just abandoned her. I abandoned her emotionally. I abandoned her in every way. I was leading my home. And so we had just a terrible marriage. And then God began to deal with me about how to turn our marriage around. And we'll talk about that some more over the next few weeks. But God began to show me how to be a husband and how to reprioritize. And here's what happened. I had to begin to take my priority list and put it back like it should. And first, I had to say, God, okay, you're number one in my life. Now you teach me. As I repair my relationship with you, you teach me how to be a husband. And he did. And then Cynthia became the second most important thing in my life, the most important human on earth. And I asked myself this question every day as I was turning the marriage around. And it took us about a year and a half, almost two years, to really turn that marriage around. I I, I began to ask myself this question every day of my life. What can I do today to show Cynthia she's the most important person in my life? What can I do? Not what can I say. Come on, guys. Did you hear me now? Now, what can I say? Because I had said a lot of things and it was lip service. It was meaningless. It was in one ear, out the other. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do today to show Cynthia she's the most important person in my life? And so I would do little things like washing dishes. And I hate to wash dishes. To this day, I hate to wash dishes. That's why I had kids. So I no longer have to wash dishes. Praise the Lord. I hate doing dishes. I made Cynthia a deal a while back. I said, listen, when it comes to dishes and cleaning, how about this? I do all the cooking, you do all the cleaning, and that's it. And she said, deal, so quickly. She said it so quickly that I had to renegotiate. I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said that too fast. Let's back up. So... I began to to reprioritize my life, God first, and then my spouse, and then the kids. The kids just became third, and that's it. And I tell people, listen, my kids are are, are not, not the number one priority in my life. They are a priority, but they're not the number one priority in my life. Yesterday, I I took Cynthia out. We went out to lunch. I said, let's go out, babe. Let's just go to lunch. And one of my kids said, well, what am I going to eat? I said, I don't care. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Doesn't matter to me. I can care less what you eat, even if you eat, but go ahead. There's going to be something somewhere. There's some bread, some peanut butter, some jelly. Go. We're going out to dinner. We're going out to eat. I'm going to spend money on her, and you can have, you know, pizza rolls for all I care. I don't know. But she's, right now, the priority is her. Amen? And listen, ladies, come on now. Sometimes this can be a struggle for you. Because you go, well, well, I got kids now, and these kids have needs. Now, I understand if you have a baby and an infant in the home, and they start wailing, you're going to have to tend to that baby. 
Okay, I get that. That there are seasons in your life when you have an infant, you have a, a, a small child, they're going to need some attention and they're going to need it immediately. But I believe when they become a toddler, you begin to train them. Mom and dad's needs come before yours. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, watch this, watch this. Your kids will love you for it. Did you hear me? Your kids will love you because they want to see mom and dad have a happy marriage. It gives them a sense of security. It says, this is a home that I'm safe at. We've told our kids, mom and dad will never divorce. You will never have to walk through that. That will never be a part of your life. Never be a part of your life. Amen. And it just makes them feel secure. This is my home and this will always be my home. Amen. So I want to talk to you about that priority list, okay? Now, how do we prove our priorities? How do we prove them? Because it's easy to say God first, spouse second, huh? kids third, ministry, and, and all that list. How do we prove them? I want to give you four ways this morning for you to prove the priorities in your life. And the first way is this. It's called sacrifice. Sacrifice simply means this. What will I give up? Did you hear me now? What will I give up for you? What am I willing to give up for you? It's just sacrifice. What am I willing to give up for you? You know, Jesus said this, there's no greater love than someone who's willing to lay down their life. So really the essence of love is, is saying, I am willing to lay down, right? Lay down something, whatever it is, and so if you're here today and you're wondering whether or not you, you, you're really putting your spouse first, the question I would have for you is this, what are you willing to give up for that spouse? For me, it was, it was Gator football. Not that I gave it up, it just doesn't have a hold on me anymore. If I watch the game, great. If I don't watch the game, that's okay too. I, I don't have to watch it anymore. If there's something else that takes priority in my life, then it takes priority in my life. That's okay. Sports just doesn't have a hold on me like it used to. But listen, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, I had to watch it. I had to watch it. 20 years ago, it had a grip on me. It had a hold on me. And for some guys, it's the job or it's a hobby. It's fishing. It's, it's hunting. It's whatever it is, right? And it has a hold on them. And my question to you is, can you let it go? Can you lay it down? Because love is willing to lay it down. Doesn't mean that you have to. You're just willing to. Amen? If I need to let this go, I let it go. If this is getting in the way, if this is getting in the way of my marriage, my relationship with you, then I'm willing to sacrifice because sacrifice is how we prove our priorities. Amen? I can let this go. I can let this go. You're more important to me than whatever it is that I'm holding on to. Love says I'm willing to lay it down. The second thing is our time and our money. And I've put those two together for a reason. And the reason I put those two together is because they're limited in, in their, their resources. What am I spending my resources on? Both time and money are limited resources that we have just a, a portion of that we constantly have to budget. You're constantly budgeting your money and you constantly have to budget your time. You get 24 hours in a day. You get a paycheck every week or every other week or, or every month. 
And so you have to budget that. Much like you have to budget your money, right? You budget your money and say, okay, my, my check has come in. Now, what's my priority? Vacation? No, the mortgage. Huh? Well, first it's your tithe. Hallelujah. Because God's first, right? This is how we prove God's first. My tithe comes out first. And then, and then before I decide to buy something that, that is a luxury item, right? I have to do my priority list. My priorities is my tithe and then my mortgage or my rent and then my car payments and hey, I gotta put food on the table, I have to put lights. And then you say, okay, if we have any left, if I have any left over, I'll, we'll go on vacation. You don't first go, hey, let's put it all in our vacation fund and if we have any left over, let's pay our mortgage. How many of you know that's not, that's not a right priority? If I have any left over, then I'll tithe, then I'll give. That's not a right priority. And listen, your time is the same way. Because for many people, love is a four-letter word, spe word spelled T-I-M-E. Spend time with me. Amen? Ladies, you missed it right there. That was your spot. That was your little moment to say amen, okay? But, but people want time. Give me time. I want quality time with you. Don't tell me you love me if you can't spend time with me. If you're spending more time at, at work and you're spending more time doing hobbies or you're spending more time going out with the buddies, then that's not love. Because love makes the right priorities. Amen? Hallelujah. And so we have to budget our time. So we have to say, okay, I'm going to take time out. I'm going to take time out. And I'm going to take money out. And I'm going to spend them on my spouse. Hallelujah. Ladies, you missed another opportunity right there. This, you're missing them. They're passing you. They're just going past you quickly, okay? All right? So time and money is how we prove our priorities. Show me your checkbook, show me your bank account, and I'll show you your priorities, right? The third one is this, our passion, which is just our energy. Huh? Being present doesn't mean that you're involved. It just means that you showed up. You could be present and totally disconnected. You can come home every night and be totally disconnected. You could be home, but you're not really home. I've seen men just, just check out. They just checked out. They come home every night. They're paying bills. They're paying the mortgage. Huh? The lights are on. There's food on the table. There's plenty of money, but they've checked out. So one of the ways we prove our priorities is our, our energy and our passion. And that's what, that's what we do when we say, Listen, and here's where, here's where our marriage began to get fixed is because I began to say, you know, it's not just that I have to do this. It's that now I want to do it. Did you hear me now? At first, I felt like I had to. I got to fix this thing. I remember going into our three-bedroom double-wide trailer up in North Florida and looking in the mirror, our bathroom mirror, and saying, Brian, you got to fix this marriage. I mean, I remember the shape of the mirror that I was standing there looking at. And, I, and, and God just said, that's it now. Cynthia had actually packed her bags, and she was going to leave me. She was ready to go. She was ready to check out. And I didn't want to fix it. I, we didn't love each other. We didn't even like each other. And I could never in my mind see a day where we were happy. I could never see it. 
And I didn't want to, so I started to do things I didn't want to do. And I told you what they were, washing dishes and, and doing all these little things around the house and coming home. And I started to, to do it. But then what happened is, as I started to do it, my energy started to go and pick up. My passion started to pick up. And now I love it. Except for the dishes, I love everything else. I love it. I love spending time with her. I love just being able to talk. I love grabbing coffee. I love coffee. And I love just being able to go and just sit on a back porch or just go somewhere. We went and had lunch. I love it. Now my energy is there. Amen? And if you want to say, what are my priorities? What are you spending your energy on? Hallelujah. Ladies, you cannot give all your energy to the kids and have nothing left over for your husband. Boy, I got some amens there. I don't know how. I don't know how. Men, you missed it. All right? You have to say, my husband. Listen, God gets the first of my passion, and then my spouse gets the second. Hallelujah. And then the kids. And then we go down the, the priority list. Amen? Some of you are just loving this sermon. You're just loving it, right? Wait till part two next week. I'm going to show you what next week's going to be, all right? And then the fourth thing is this. It's met needs. In other words, if you have a need, I will do my best to meet it. I will do my best to see what I can do to, to meet that need. I will work to meet the need. And here's what meeting needs does. Meeting needs does two things. Number one, it creates and, it, and, and maintains attraction. Okay, first and foremost, meeting needs creates and maintains attraction. That means you can be attracted to somebody, but if they don't meet your needs, how many know that attraction is going to wane? Did you hear me now? You can be attracted physically to somebody. My wife, I've always been physically attracted to her, but we did not like each other. I was physically attracted to her, but we weren't meeting each other's needs, and so the attraction waned. It's not enough. Did you hear me now? So when you meet each other's needs, how many of you know that creates and maintains? We're attracted to people who meet our needs. And then met needs does this. It also helps to overcome outside temptations. When your needs are met at home, how many of you know that helps? It doesn't, it doesn't disqualify any. It doesn't, doesn't keep all of them out. But it helps to overcome outside temptations. Next week we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about four mega needs, mega needs that every man needs and four mega needs that every woman needs. Four that every man needs. I bet you you could figure out at least one of them. All right. And then four mega needs that every woman needs. All right. We're going to talk about that next week. Would you do this? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment?